I remember my teacher who just kind of like was like popping me over the head and was like, Merit, stop. Like she was like, stop striving to be perfect. Because perfect is replaceable. But she's like, really work on being unique and different and finding the strength and bringing something else to the table that no one else can bring. That's gonna be your strongest platform. She was like, look, if you're another perfect girl, you're just gonna be in the core. She's like, because they're just gonna replace you with another core dancer. She's like, but if you come in different and unique, that's what makes the director be like, oh, we want her, one of the principal dancers, they bring something that no one else can bring. I never knew the importance of work-life balance until I had my son. I wanted to create a platform to inform single mother, lady bosses, that you can do it. This podcast is all-inclusive, safe haven based, designed for women, a woman supporter to grow in all areas of their lives. I want to talk about fashion, health and wellness, work balance, work life, entrepreneurship, gender role stereotyping, single motherhood, and so much more. Thank you all for listening to Evie Unbounded. And once again, I'm your loving host, Evie Jane. Happy Pride Month. And as June is here, is my favorite month. Why? It's because this year I feel like so much uh, focus on love, unity, and diversity. And we need have more accepting the love and unity in the air. And so today I get to interview another amazing women, Asian American women in this podcast. And um, she's going to tell us her career path and what she did. And, and an amazing job that she had um, bring this new trend to empower other women. So with that in mind, I'm honored to introduce Merit. So hi, Merit. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me. I, I wanted to go on and on. I'm looking at my chichi sheet because as I, we were talking earlier, I'm so like impressed by your resume. But I think my staff is more so. Um, my staff are all young women. And every time when I interview another powerhouse women, they're so excited because this is a good project for them. They learn from another woman also because they're a bunch of uh, young women in the 20. And they were looking at all the research. I'm like, did you know she went to Harvard? She was graduate honor. And, you know, she went to Oxford and all that. And then I was like, yeah, I, I know because me and Mary, we share one mother. <laughs> we both have this godmother, Lynn, who introduced us. And she loved both of us. She said, you two need to meet. And you have to be on Evie's podcast. And she's an amazing woman, as Mary can say. Anyway, so my team wanted to do some interview on you. And they were so excited to tell me everything about you. And they were saying, she does physics quantum physic and she does ballet and they follow you on instagram also and they were showing me the video how you were dancing with the ai the robot and they were saying you want to talk what else did they tell me all these young girls they were so excited uh besides the fact that you went to harvard phd in oxnard something about astronaut like you're gonna be an astronaut what is that about because they were telling me about that and then i was like what <laughs> so tell me about that i i was just curious that's the dream. That's the end all dream is I okay. want to either go to the moon or go around the moon and just go to space. I mean, that'd be the ultimate adventure. And that's that's my North Star. That's where all of my passion is going. Um, 
and, you know, having fun along the way for sure. So, uh, you know, right now during this pandemic, you know, I've been a professional ballet dancer, but we haven't been able to dance with humans during this pandemic. Um, So I was like, okay, I'll dance with a robot. Robot can't get COVID. Um, So I've been dancing (laughs) with the robot, which has been fun. And wait, is that how you come up with the idea because of pandemic? I mean, how... I was kind of stuck. Like all my dance gigs got canceled. All my performances got canceled. And I was just like, what am I going to do? And I had been, I'd just been exploring like that year. I'd been starting to explore movement with a robot. And and then with the pandemic, I was like, I just called up the robot company and was like, do you mind lending me one like over, you know, to my apartment? And it took some persuasion, but they ended up giving it to me. But the fun thing is like, I'm having so much fun with it, but the main why I'm loving it is because I'm getting to learn about robotics and AI, machine learning, all of those things that I think is going to be so important in space. And, you know, whatever happens in space is going to be super important for us back on Earth. So, yeah, to that end, that's my North Star. I want to go around the moon. I want to go to the moon. Okay, so you're a professional ballet dancer, and then you also have a PhD in quantum physics. How did that even come about? Like, it's so different. So, I mean, it's amazing. It's almost like you have both brain function excellent in both sides of your brain, you know, the art, the science. I mean, how did that come about? Pursuing both, I think, yeah, it was, it was literally taking it day by day, like week by week, because I, I loved physics. And I just, there was all these like mysteries in the universe that I wanted to solve. And I love math and I love puzzles. Like I love crossing things out. Huh? So there was that aspect of it that I loved. And then I, I mean, my happy place where I am truly me is in the dance studio, dancing and, and the music. So there was that aspect of it that I loved so much as well. And I had, and I tried, like people would tell me I should quit one or the other and just pursue one. And I, I tried a number of times, but I really, in the end, I couldn't give up either. And so in my head, I was like, I don't know if I can do both, but I can see that in the next week I can do it. And the week after that I can do it. And so it was continuing to just kind of see, um, yeah, how, how far I could go. I mean, ballet was first passion, right? Or I mean, because how, when did you start dance? Yeah, I started when I was 13. Okay. That's like, Pretty older, right? Yeah. yeah. Like the, they call it middle-aged in the dance world. They're like, that's too late. You're never, like, you're never going to make it. Um, but I start, so I started at 13 and that's, you know, it was my first love and passion, but I was told that I would never make it. And so I think also my parents very much encouraged academics. More of this fact of like, they just wanted me to be, I think, secure and, 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 I mean, dance profession is so short-lived. I think it's very, you know, my parents were like, why would we encourage our kid to do this if the retirement age is 27, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> they're just like, what did this make sense? Is your family also being that in the dance? I mean, I mean. No, not at all. Oh, okay. They're definitely not in the dance world. So for them, you know, I mean, they were supportive of me doing something I love. And I think it's particularly in high school, they're like, okay, we don't really like dance particularly, but we love that Merritt is so passionate about it that it's keeping her out of trouble. You know, like 
she's not wanting to go to parties. She's not wanting because she's loving dance so much. So in that end, I think they were like, okay, yeah, do dance. But the actual act of me dancing was like, they're like, we don't get it. Like my dad, if when I got into Boston Ballet, I like called him up and I was like, dad, dad, like, you know, thousands of dancers. Like I got into Boston Ballet. Yeah. And his first response was like, I know, I heard the bad news. What? <laughs> oh my God. Hey, what, what, what career what does your what do you do what does your dad do I, I'm my dad's a lawyer and so I think that's a lawyer okay yeah so for him anything like artistic or like that doesn't like for him he's like I don't get it like uh-huh. I just don't get it um what which is totally mom? fine I was like huh, you have to love me anyways <laughs> what about your mom my mother she was a stay-at-home mom and she just loved learning. She loved the classics. Okay. So to her, she was just always, I remember like when I was at, growing up, like she'd gone back to UCLA to study Latin and Greek. and Woo-hoo, UCLA. <laughs> so she loved all those things. Yeah. But, but yeah, so neither of my parents were in science or dance. But I was they were wondering where you get that talent because you're right. I mean, age 13, she started learning about ballet and then you made it into awesome ballet group. I mean, that's just amazing, especially other people say, oh, you're not going to make it and you prove them wrong. So do you think this like come with hard work or is this talent? Like how you get yourself there when everybody's telling you, you're not going to make it. And it, it's not like your camera wasn't really supportive of you picking that as your career path. I mean, more like a hobby, like you said, well, at least she's not party. But yeah. Yeah, would you get a drive and how you, how you made that as your path? I think a lot of it, I really believe a lot of it was mental because I didn't have that much time in the dance studio. I mean, I went to an academic school and then I was studying Har- uh, physics at Harvard. Like, and every other dancer is at a full-time ballet school since they're six and training all day. Um, so I, I mean, I do have a very stubborn streak in me where I'll just be like okay maybe it's not possible but if it is what would I need to get there well that's a good thought that's a good so I'm constantly I think I always have that of like okay sure maybe it's not possible but if it was possible what, what would I do in order to make it possible and in my head I mean there are a couple books that like one was the um I think it's Outliers was where it talks about the 10,000. Yes. Is it Outliers? Yeah. So that one, I read, like, I, I read so many sports psychology books and so many personal, you know, development books um, between the age of 17 and 22. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Like, I just went through a rampage. And, and mainly it was because for the auditions. But, you know, having read that, I was like, okay, how am I going to put in 10,000 hours? I'm going to be like, okay, so I'm going to be doing my releves and my calf exercises when I'm brushing my teeth. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to do like deep breath, like relax my body, like visualize myself dancing. Like when I'm going to bed, I'm going to visualize myself dancing. You know, in class, I'm going to do my feet exercises every 45 minutes. I'm going to do, you know, one minute plank and and 25 pushups and, you know, a hundred jumping jacks. Like I, every five minutes of my day was very much scheduled out and like 
I'm going to do my abs and my feet exercises while I'm watching a lecture. Like I, and it it gave me energy because I was just like, if it were going to be possible, what would I need to do? Uh, you're definitely not dating. <laughs> you definitely oh, yeah. No, I, 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 mean, sure. I, or I was, or I'd agree to date and then the poor guys would never see me ever. <laughs> be like, hey, supposedly we've been dating for a month and I'm not seeing you. Like, sorry. Um, yeah, during college, I did not like, yeah, that was not a thing. Because um, you're like, and eh, for your age, 17 to 22. I would imagine kids in college are so excited and they party, get to meet their mm-hmm. friends, and you are just so disciplined. I mean, I- yeah. And oh. well, there, there were also thoughts of, I think there's multiple things. Like, one was I just wanted to know that when I had the chance, I'd given it my all. Like, I just, there was a couple of older adults who would tell me, like, you know, around the dance being like, oh, I used to be so good. And then I quit and I regret it so much. And that registered for me where I was like, oh, I don't want to have that feeling. Like when I'm looking back and being like, oh, but what if I, what if I tried harder? And then the second thing was, I think my mother was like, she was always trying to tell me to chill out, but you know, she was also like, look, Mary, if you're at a party that you're not enjoying, like, she's like, don't worry about missing parties. Like, she's like, the parties just get better the older you get. She's like, believe me, like, you're going to enjoy, you know, like, you're not missing out on a red cup, like, drunken party in college. Like, wait till you're, like, invited to, you know, U.S. Embassy with champagne and, like, having a really good time. (laughs) Well, you consider your mom as a tiger mom or no? She's, right? No, she she regards her as an Asian mom. (laughs) Yeah, so my mother's Korean, but she, we kind of called her the panda mom. Because, um, like, every morning, she would not wake up to take us to school. Like, my sister and I, my sister and I would be crying. Like, on our birthday, our birthday wish would be, like, Mom, can you just wake up early enough to get us to school early? (laughs) And my sister went around the whole house and changed the clock so that my mother wouldn't know, like, so that we could be on school on time. And she was just, my mom was like, what are you going to learn in the first five minutes of school? Who cares if you're late? Like, she was like, rainy day, let's just stay in. <laughs> wow. Um, she's yeah. totally not a typical Asian mom. No, I she was very atypical. But at the same time, she very much. So I think in terms of like pressure, like she was constantly telling us to let's reduce the hours that, that you're dancing and let's reduce, you know, she's like, why? She's like, it doesn't matter. But at the same time, she's definitely like wanted us to like she had all of the materials for us to learn available so like and when I look back I'm like oh I didn't even realize when I was growing up but all of our placemats were like periodic table or like the solar system or like you know in the bathroom she'd like you know she had posters of like you know Greek mythology and maps and you know in her head she was like they're spending so much time you know every time they go and sit down the toilet like if they're just looking at something. So she would never be like, read this or do this, but she just like subtly like, like, oh, we're going to go see a play, you know, like. Well, that's um, smart. You know, I'm a mother. So that's a really good advice. If I can help to be super smart like you, by doing (laughs) work and he wouldn't even know I'm pushing him. (laughs) No, but that's the thing. Like my mother was a queen of, so I look back and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Oh, she was. She's smart. Yeah, we're, we had no TV in the house, but she had set up an entire section just 
filled with crafts, like beads and puzzles and, and then these books on tape. And my sister and I would just spend hours there, like building and doing this. And like, like if you're, yeah, I, I mean, it was endless clay and like, there was just stuff there. Uh-huh. We never pressured to do it, but there was just like stuff that we were constantly given. Um, So that's my, that's why we kind of called her Panda Mom was she like, she made everything available for us to play with, but definitely never. Yeah. She was never being like, you have to study this. It was very much like, how fun can we make this? Like if you're learning something in history, like let's go on a trip to that place. And like, you can experience wow. it. Yeah. So how you end up picking physic as your, your major when you go to school and find that interesting. Yeah. I loved math. Um, as a kid and I think that was definitely from my dad uh, where he, we would do like math flashcards as a kid and it just turned into a game but I'm also very practical minded so the idea of doing like being a mathematician or like a theoretical physicist where you're like working with integrals from negative infinity to infinity and like you know you're just like what the what what are we talking about like infinity you know like infinity drives me <laughs> like you know when it's like you're talking about singularities and and I really liked physics that was sort of somewhat applied so like building like ideas of understanding quantum mechanics to build a quantum computer or understanding what dark energy is or dark matter or like those kind of questions just I was like oh that's what I want to learn and explore and do yeah it's really interesting yeah so during the pandemic what were you been doing all this time yeah so then during the pandemic it was like it definitely demolished arts dance in particular because how we train is all together in a huge studio with live music and we perform with people packed into a building like as an audience like it just all of that uh and even now it's very difficult so then during the pandemic again like it was just thinking okay this really sucks but if something magical were going to happen what would that look like and i just been exploring like tech and dance and robots and then was like hmm, okay they look really cool by the way i i took a look yeah because my staff was showing me they were waving ah. the dancing with the ai it was so adorable so they were showing me the video yeah, it's really cute. I love it. Yeah. So it's fun. It's been a really fun project pursuing just having the time to research and do it. I was like, you know, when am I going to have this? Time? Normally I'm, I'm jumping around the world doing for various jobs. And so now I was like, hmm. when have I had the time where I could give myself the space to just research and play? And so I decided, you know, I can't wait if you do that on stage. I mean, have you thought about bringing an AI to stage and do a performance like that? Yeah, I mean, so the funny thing is I was exploring things on a small scale, like with 15-second videos, and then like uh, America's Got Talent reached out. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So I just did it for the first time live in front of Simon Cowell, like... Oh, we have know. to see this. Can we find this on YouTube and anywhere so we can have the audience to take a look? I mean, I seen the one that you did on TikTok or something. Yeah. That was really cool. 
So this Thank is you. on the American Got Talent. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. They're starting to air performances now. Okay. And, you know, the thing is they, they'll have, I think, like 300 or 200 people audition. And then it depends. They have to see who they air. So I don't know if it'll ever be aired live. But it was a really amazing experience to do. And, and so now there are gigs coming up that or plannings for gigs. Will it be live? Um, I'm so excited. I think fun. That's Very fun. It is. It, that's great. I, I, I feel like you should have this as a performance. I know you not, I mean, besides Boston Ballet Group, you were in other ballet group before. I mean, what was, which one? I, I don't know if it's just a favorite one because I'm sure each group have a different experience and you learn from that. But what was the most unique or the most memorable experience you had with this ballet group that you would pick? With each one, it was really unique and different. So Zurich Ballet was my first company I ever went to where I was like, that was the most terrifying because I was like, oh my God, I'm getting paid, like paid to do this, meaning I got to do a good job. And that was a crazy experience because it was my first time ever being in the ballet world, like actual ballet world. Whereas most people, you know, they had been at ballet school. And then, so I was just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and how and Boston ba- how? I was 19. I was oh, you were 19. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then Boston Ballet, I mean, that was a wild experience because we had double shows of Nutcracker. So oh. we had like a 1 p.m. show and like a 7.30 p.m. show. And so I would rehearse and train in the morning, have the show, and then I would rush, jump in a taxi, rush over to the Harvard physics lab, do an experiment, then like take off all the lab clothes. And like, it was full on lab gear, like suit, mask, gloves, like it was a double sealed room. And then I would jump, go back and then go into the tutu and the lab and the tights and the point juice and then do an evening show, then go back to the lab at night to do experiments and yeah, I'd be in the full gear, like, but I'd be alone because it's 2 a.m. and I'd be stretching and the security guards are like, at the end of the month, they're like, Mary, you know, we have CCTV cameras. <laughs> like, Cause I'd have my leg above my head yeah. as I'm like doing this thermal evaporator. And so that was an experience where. Are you like, not oh. tired with that schedule in college? That's crazy. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't sleep much in college. I think if I was going to do it again, I would sleep more just because it would make take, <laughs> thing, well, things would just absorb faster. But like, what's your so- life? Like, what pushed you to do that? That's amazing. I, I the school, the system that you have and doing two things and not just like easy tasks, those two things, right? I mean, you were getting paid to be a professional ballet dancer. And you in Harvard, which is like top, top school, hard school to get into. And you didn't pick an easy major either. And then you'd be you're doing this like almost every single day, especially when the show was on. I mean, like, what pushed you? What's the drive? What were you thinking in your head? Like, wow. I think it was the dream. It was the dream of wanting to... Yeah, I'm trying to think back. Like there was this crazy dream. And it and it, the thing is, I, because I had started, like it's kind of a blessing and a curse in a weird way. Like, I mean, it's the curse was that I started so late. So it was that more difficult, but it was a blessing as well because I felt like 
every second I had to maximize. Like, it was just like, this is the only way I'm going to make it. You know, like there was no, oh, like I've, I, there was no leisure time. There was no time to even worry or doubt or to, it was just like any second, like, I just felt like any second I had, I had to you just have to give do it my all because, because yeah. there was like, there was so much that I was trying to catch up. I mean, I was all the way in the back of the race, like <laughs> way, um, but I could feel that I could make it to the top, but it was That's like, awesome. And your time, time management is, is amazing too. Because, you know, one of the things I always hear people, it's like finding excuses, like saying, I don't have time, I have too much thing going on. I mean, seriously, if they listen to your story, it's almost like you really have no excuse. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm tired to listen to your schedule. I don't know how you do it. I mean, by looking back, would you do it any different? I mean, were you... I think I would, I would definitely sleep more, but I, I think also though, in a weird way, doing the two passions, cause I am, yeah, it sounds like a crazy class rule, but in a weird way, it was like a fighting against my laziness and my, a bit like ability, like I get distracted. So like whenever I got super tired, like physically, I would then like do mental stuff. And then like mentally my brain would like be like, oh my God, we can't, we're like sitting all day and we're doing this. And then I would do dance. Or I would get distracted. Like I, yeah, like I'm, I'm easily distracted, <laughs> but like I, I would force myself so that my distraction would go back to my second passion. Uh-huh. So I'd be like doing physics, 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 and then I'd hit a rut and I'd just be like, I can't, it's not going in my head. I can't do this. And then I'd go and do, and I'm like, okay, then I'll do like 25 pushups. And I'm really excited about doing like, you know, whatever crazy exercises I have to do for dance. Cause I'm like, at least it's not as painful as like that rut I was in, but then I'm, physically exhausted i'm like oh actually i'd much rather just sit and think about this problem actually that's a really good strategy it's almost like you keep yourself focused by yeah. finding true love so you yeah like using it. my weird like my flaws in a way of like being distracted and also i'm fighting against my laziness right like if i'm like oh i really don't want to do that the other thing you know, if I have a physics task and a dance task and there's like, I say a physics task, that's really worse. Then I'll do the dance one and I'm yeah. improving in dance. Whereas like before, if I just had the dance one, that task is the one I wouldn't want to do. That's so If you constantly have one that's harder than the other, <laughs> like you can make yourself do it. That was a good yeah. strategy because looking yeah. at it's actually helping you focus on two passion that you have. And then it's also give you a break you know, when yeah. you switch it off a little bit and then you can come back more refreshed. Yeah, so, so in a weird way, like where it seems like I'm working 24-7, it's actually I'm taking a break 24-7. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really hard thing. Physically and mentally switching back. Yeah. And the other thing is like, I, I do believe like with everything, you hit a plateau. Huh? And I think it's, it's really hard if you have one passion and you hit that plateau and you're obsessed with it, like you just feel it so much more. And then I think emotionally, then you start doing a dive downwards because the plateaus can take a long time. But if you have two passions, when you hit that plateau, you can then focus on the other thing that will increase as this one is just taking its time. Cause the, I think that plateau just needs time. And then that rises when the other one plateaus. So you're never left like feeling like there's always something to improve, which keeps your energy up. That's good. And then I know you also started your nonprofit is called Science Art Sister. 
What's that about? That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, it became, we turned it into calling it SciArt Party. And so that was during the pandemic as well, is this feeling uh-huh. of my followers tend to be young. Since I'm in the Rebel Girls Goodnight Story for Rebel Girls, I have a following that's younger. You know, I have a large following that's younger. So I was just thinking, like, what can I do to help boost the energy or to bring people together? Because I think people were feeling lonely during the pandemic. And so we decided to do a, um, uh, my, I call her my co-founder, Montse, and I, we did it like a Zoom event. Where I was like, oh, if you're interested in science and art, let's, let's use this pandemic as an opportunity to meet each other. We were expecting like 40 people. Like I was like, I don't know how many people like science and art. And but within the first 24 hours, it was like 250, 300 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, who? And also, it's also very interesting because I'm like, this education system needs to change because there were so many people that I think are hungry for a space to pursue both. Uh-huh. And, you know, then I was like, oh my God, I've got to entertain these men. Like, what are we going to do? So we had astronaut Chris Hadfield come for the first one. Then we had Neil deGrasse Tyson come for the second one. And then we started a podcast that, you know, we're revamping. So we're taking those slight pauses. We were just revamping it a little bit and, you know, have publishing articles and just getting a community together of science artists. But then the next step is, or the question that I'm really interested in is like, how do we change the education system or revamp it? And so that's, I guess we'll say fourth pack. Like my passion is physics, dance, moon, and then education. No, but that's amazing. And then, like you said, a lot of your followers are younger women. And then I think Mm -hmm. you helping them and be a good role model for them. And yeah, I I guess there's a lot of women, a lot of girls probably look up to you and say, oh, you can do all. You can do art, you know, you can do science. You don't have to just choose one over another, especially like you said, like, I'm sure a lot of people would say, wow, how does you coexist, right? Because yeah, almost like so opposite for you to do that. I think it gives people a different perspective. At least a young woman now can say, okay, this is something I can do also, or this is possible. Um, So that's good. So are you going to have another event for this charity that people should know about? So you know, I want to have my niece to go on it. I yeah. want my little cousin to go on it. Cause I really think this, I'm all about empower women. And then I think it's such a great thing for younger women to participate and have somebody to look up to. So, yeah. well, we're looking to have a, an informal event in this summer. Cause we did one in December, kind of like a chat, like we could all come together. Like the other ones were more formal where we had Chris Hadfield and Neil deGrasse Tyson and Obviously, they talk mostly, um, but we're definitely planning one that's just more informal so that we can get to know each other and like they can ask questions and we can just kind of mentor and discuss things openly and like, you know, pass on experiences and especially the ones where we're like, mm, maybe don't try it this way. <laughs> yeah. So when's the next, so the next events you were thinking about sometime in July, so yeah. how they... Is that like a website or yeah, just so uh-huh. definitely? Well, on Instagram, we're SciArt Party. So S C I A R T Party. There we have a linked uh, link where people can go and, and also website sciartparty.com. And there you can sign up onto our mailing list. Okay. More people of like events that are coming up. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put that website link restriction oh, process yeah. on, um, on the link on your podcast. Yeah. So all the girl who's interested, which is just many of them can sign up for yeah. it. I'm so excited because I think it's such a great thing, especially now summer, the school is done. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of parents thinking, where should we send all girls, yeah. you know, and then what kind of activity they should have. I think this would be perfect for them. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I know you in Dubai because, um, you know, audio cannot see the video, but I'm like over 11 o'clock my time in LA and then you're like bright sunny day on your side. So you in Dubai. So what makes you in Dubai right now? Because I know you travel a lot because of ballet group. Um, yeah. So what makes you to be in Dubai right now? Well, right now, I mean, London is shut down. So um, my partner and I were here in Dubai and also Dubai is still on that red list back to London. And yeah, but, but and now everything's work from home. So actually, we might not go to London, but I think we're going to go 10 days to Greece. Like it, now that everything's on the computer mm-hmm. or remote, it's like, let's just go to different foreign country for three months or... Yeah, I think that's going to be the next year. How you like Dubai so far? I love it, actually. I really love it. Like, the beach is right there. So now it's very warm during the day, so you stay inside during the day. But, like, at night, you go to the beach at 9 p.m., it is hotter than a jacuzzi. It is so hot and warm and delicious. It's amazing. Like, you're in the ocean. 9 p.m., it's 90 degrees outside, like, and you're in this warm like bath this like salt bath you're it's like it's paradise it's absolutely amazing yeah wow and they have fun things like vr amusement parks and like you know go-karting and they've just got like every weird random thing you could possibly want to do here um in dubai yeah so i've been having a blast kind of exploring weird activities (laughs) So what would be your next destination or project you're thinking of after this? Yeah, so I think my focus for this year, coming year, is like more robot dances for sure and scaling it up. So it was very fun to go from 15 seconds to a minute and 30. Okay. So like America's Got Talent. And now kind of upping the game of those robot dances. So that's the main big project. And then the second one is very much dedicated to doing everything I can to be a viable candidate to go to the moon. Um, wow. So, yeah. So there's a space agency I just discovered. There's an amazing <laughs> UAE space agency. They actually had like two astronauts go up to the International Space Station. So they're very invested in this. Yeah. So yesterday was spent me LinkedIn, LinkedIn messaging every single person I could see who was connected to it. Wow. Like, there's a girl here who's like, I just want to learn more. Yeah, <laughs> that's so we'll awesome. see. I'll keep you posted if someone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm just only totally excited for your your next talk for the for the for your charity because I have yeah. so many. I know so many little girls would be loving it. Okay. I really need to get them to sign up. So I can't wait to get that information out. Oh, but we have a lot. We have a lot of fun during. Yeah. This. No, I bet so. Well, that remind me, my, my last question also is like, yeah. what would you tell the younger self? Mm-hmm. Like if now looking back, what would you tell yourself, like the younger you, 
or what would you tell all these other amazing girls? Like, what would you advise them? What would you tell them? This is a question I always ask all the people that I interview,、yeah. because you know, after you go through all that and you're looking back, just listen, right? This 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 thing you learn from it. Like, what would you want to tell your younger self? Yeah, well, one big thing, one lesson I learned, especially during the auditions for ballet, was, I mean, for ballet, there's such this like, there's this perfect ideal, and I think especially for young women, I think we get overwhelmed with wanting to be perfect, and like, we see, we're like, oh, what is that perfect?、Mm-hmm. We want to, we strive for that, and I remember a teacher who just kind of like was like bopped me over the head and was like, Merit, stop! Like she was like, stop striving to be perfect because perfect is replaceable, like. Fine, you have one perfect person, and you become another person. Like you can just replace that. But she's like, really work on being unique and different, and finding the strength in bringing something else to the table that no one else can bring. That's going to be your strongest platform. And she gave it in context of ballet auditions because she, she was like, look, if you're another perfect girl, you're just going to be in the core. She's like, because they're just going to replace you with another core dancer. She's like, but if you come in different and unique. That's what makes the director be like. Oh, we want her in rankings, like the top one of the principal dancers, because they bring something that no one else can bring. And she meant it in the dance audition context, but I, I took it in as a life wisdom that I could take for life. And and the thought is, okay, like instead of like I think there people try to write out this formula for how you're supposed to go through life, like. You do high school, and then you do college, and then you do, you know, like it's all these check boxes that people have like made into this formula of like what will get you to that perfect life, and then you know relooking at it and being like, okay, but then you can just replace me with someone else, right? Like if I go through all the check boxes that someone else has done, it doesn't make me strong. Like it doesn't make me stronger. So it gave me, I think, that courage and that eagerness. To do things in a weird, bizarre way, where I'm like, okay, I'll do two years college, one year ballet, one year college, one year ballet, like, because I'm like, that's, let me just do it my own unique, different way, because then I bring something else to the table, and you know, who knows if it works out, but like, at least I feel strength in doing it my own weird way, which at first it's hard, it's very hard at first because you get a lot of people, mentors who want the best for you, and you get a lot of. People having opinions and thinking you're doing it the wrong way, and you know, in a weird way, they get upset if you do it differently. So that's the hard part. That's when you have to put on the horse blinders. But I think that if you can get past that initial backlash for doing things differently, it's then celebrated later on. It's very, it's very. I'm like, this is very confusing, but like, <laughs> no, I, I, I think your uniqueness is what makes you perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's what brings something, but it, it does get backlash in the beginning. Like when I first did the robot dances, I got a lot of like from the people who, like artists who I, you know, like there was a little bit of like, man, what are you doing and this and that, and it got to me like for like two weeks. But- I'm glad that you didn't stop and let- <laughs> listen to them because I find it amazing, and and、yeah. so is my team. Did they, they love it? Hey, and and obviously American got talent loves it too, so. So yeah, I'm glad you didn't listen to them. So thank you. Thank okay, you. well the time is up, but I just want to say thank you for letting me interview you and then get the information for other girls to join your the next summer 
talk that you're going to have. Yeah. So it's going to be Zoom, right? So you can sign in mm-hmm. and then do this Zoom. Okay, perfect. Because I know you're in Dubai. I wouldn't want you to come back because I know you enjoy Dubai very much. Yeah. <laughs> and we still kind of still in pandemic. So perfect. But thank you so much, Merit. And I would hopefully, you know, we will meet in person soon. And I hopefully will see you in Boston. And what are... What about Jewish mom? <laughs> yeah, we're doing, that'd be amazing. Oh my okay. goodness. Well, thank you so much. I realize it's almost midnight for you, so. No, it's fine. I'm excited talking to you because I, like I said, my team would be so happy to listen to this oh. podcast. They did all the research for me on you and they were showing me your videos. So you inspire a lot of women. Just, oh, just to know, that. just know that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.